When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast on the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. We are back on this fine Sunday with another match reaction for another Newcastle United victory. I am your host, Chris, joined by Scott, Joe and Ian. We're going to get straight into it, boys, straight into business. Scott, only one change to the starting eleven for this one against Wolves. And that was Botman in to replace Lascelles, who featured in the cup against Blackburn. No surprises from you? No. Um, Eddie Howe mentioned in his press conference that Botman had a bit of a rest against uh, Blackburn. I think paid dividends, to be honest, because him and Cher seem to be performing pretty well, especially that first 15, 20 minutes, I think. And I'm, and I'm jumping well ahead here, but yeah, um, it uh, it seemed to pay off. Botman seemed to be back to, not back to his best, but he seemed to relish that little rest that he had because I think Eddie Howe even mentioned himself, Botman wasn't fully fit in the games running up to this one. Um but yeah, even a strong bench, obviously no striker. But uh it's nice to see maybe he's one kid on the bench, if you want to even call him a kid in Lewis Smiley. I mean it's been a regular feature throughout the season, so you can't even say that, even though he's 17 madness. He's, but he's an experienced experienced kid. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it down to Scott. Um but Joe, yes. going through the rest of the starting eleven, yep. um you had Dubravka in goal uh, trivia right back. Fabian Shaw and Botman as centre back partnership. Uh, Byrne returned that left back. Longstaff, Bruno, and Joe Willock in the centre midfield. Mm-hmm. Like Scott mentioned, um, Miley was on the bench. Willock comes in to replace him. Then you had Murphy keeping his position on the right hand side. Um, Gordon on the opposite, and Isaac up top. Were you shocked to see Jacob Murphy keep his position in that starting eleven? Oh, yes and no. I mean, his performances haven't exactly warranted him keeping a starting place, especially on Tuesday. But then I think I said in the group chat that if you were going to drop everyone based on their performance on Tuesday, we wouldn't have a starting 11 to put out. Um, I think Eddie, I was probably looking at the current situation we're in and the fact we finally have some rotation options. He's probably wanting to maximise it and give those players who have played so much football um, a rest just where, where, where possible. I think, actually, to be honest with you, I was more surprised, maybe not more surprised, but maybe is the least surprised to see Gordon starting just simply because of how much football he's played. Obviously, he played the 120 minutes on Tuesday. And in the preview, we speculated that we, we might see Barnes, Isak, and then Murphy or, or Almiron um, up front as a, as a starting three just because of Miggy not playing the full 90 minutes or 120 minutes on Tuesday. Barnes is you know still coming back and he didn't start the game midweek either it, it felt like a good time to give those lads who had been semi-rested a chance to start but no it wasn't to be uh he kept the same starting 11 and you know I, I, murphy for all his limitations i think put in a really good shift when uh, and you know he had a really important uh 
contribution to Gordon's goal. He looked busy as a direct winger. We know what he's like compared to Miggy. So, no, um, I was a little bit surprised. Um, but I suppose, you know, it, it kind of worked out in the end. I think Dan Byrne as well was another one, maybe. Because, again, we spoke on the preview about how he tried Tino against Arsenal at that left-back position. Mm. And then he, you know, it didn't quite work. But that was against a team that was going to press us in for 90 minutes. Against Blackburn, he started Burn. And you thought, well, if we're going to continue this rotation, um, it would make sense to have Tino back in for the league game. But mm. alas, it wasn't. wasn't to be. He kept with the same old team, same same tactics, same style. So, yeah, it was um, back, back to the old. But it worked. Of course, uh, Ian, it was a horrible day at St. James's Park, if we're looking at the weather-wise. It was lashing down from, from the, the minute that first whistle was blown right until later on in the second half as well. Um, we will go through the goals individually, but that played a big part of that 90 minutes of football, the weather. Um, if we just jump to the, the, the first goal, uh, Isaac's goal, um, it's Gordon on the left-hand side that plays it down to Bruno, I believe it is. Um, Bruno looks like a shot, let's not deny this, that that looks like a shot from it's Bruno. 100% um, shot. Yeah, 100% a shot. Um, then there's a deflection where, where the defender comes in, try to clear that one, and just bounces really sweetly for Isaac, who's just got basically an open net to head that one into. But... Give credit to, to the lads, obviously, on the tackling uh, form, but credit to Isaac as well for judging the flight of that ball as well because he could have easily held back. He could have went too far. He's timed that to perfection, Ian. Yeah, he, he got in a good... There was another one as well where Dan Byrne decided to have a shot. Um, he, Isaac was just to the right of him. Got He was getting in good positions yesterday, whereas I thought the games that he's been in, Obviously, he came back against Arsenal, which isn't a, a good sort of barometer to, to measure him on. But I just felt he was maybe he's isolated in the last couple of games, whereas we'll find him a bit more this um, this time round. It all started from from our box as well. So I noticed yesterday the setup, the midfield was sitting that little bit deeper, and I think that was really really paying off because. For all, Wolves have been in good form. And I didn't realise that they had actually not lost a game away from home this season, which was uh, mm. quite surprised us. But they didn't really have... They got in a couple of times, but nothing like clear-cut. And that goal stemmed from we're sitting a little bit deeper, filling in the holes so they couldn't play through. Um, Cher plays a great ball out of Gordon. And then Bruno literally runs from his own box. In the, I don't think I've ever actually seen him move as quick. Obviously, there's, there's been... Well, probably me's been highlighting it in the in the group chat. He just doesn't look as quick as he, he first was when he signed for it. But he you know shifted there and like you say, Isaac's got in a really good position. Um and I think to be honest, I think the timing of the goal was was probably well needed. I think like I say, they didn't really threaten goal much, but they were still getting a bit of freedom um in our half and like Neto did quite a good run for about four were players. It was just, I think it sort of settled everyone's nerves. Um, and obviously, mm. when, when I was sitting watching it thinking, we'll probably need another one. Uh, and then not not long after that, obviously, Gordon pops up. It is. Gordon pops up, Scott. Um, Gordon, once again, right place at the right time, really. Um, capitalising on and a bit of a mix-up between um, Saw and the defender there. Um, just lands nicely for Gordon just to go and smash that in the, the back of the net. And that is the ball which is in from Murphy, if I remember yeah. right. 
Um, so, so the ball comes in from Murphy. And once again, weather playing a huge part in this one. Um, just yep. And obviously the confusion between uh, goalkeeper and centre-back uh, pairing. And once again, Gordon, right place at the right time. Thank you very much. 2-0 up, Newcastle United. Yeah, it's a, it's a couple of they're not very pretty goals in the end. I mean, obviously the build-up is, is really nice for both of them, but uh, you know, the you, you take them. You take them all day. I think watching it in real time, I thought it was Isak that had went in for it and maybe knocked the ball out the keeper's hands or something like that. You didn't quite you couldn't quite see from the angle of the, the TV cameras. Um, it might have been different in the ground itself, obviously, depending on where you sat. Um, but it looked like it was maybe Isak I got in, but actually Isak's no one here, and it is the defender and the keeper coming together. Um, I don't think either of them particularly get anything on the ball much. I think they come together, which, you know, like you say, Gordon is just coming in on that from that left-hand side, and he's just, I don't think he could have asked for an easier ball to finish. Um, he just hits an empty net. Uh, there's nobody there, and yeah, it's 2-0. It's, it, it's nice, and I think going back to that first goal, the keeper tries to get back and he clatters the post. Mm -hmm. And I think he doesn't make much of it at that time, but obviously he comes off at half-time. And I think that's yeah. had a lot to do with maybe that second goal a little bit as well. He's maybe not, not concussed as, as much, but he's maybe harbouring a little bit of an injury there, which has maybe affected him in that second goal. You'll never know. No one's ever going to admit it. But you know, you've got to look at that second goal and think the keeper should be taking that. He should be coming mm -hmm. out and get it. You know, the weather, yes, it was rain and yes, it was slippy surfaces, but I think it had eased up a little bit by then. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as it was because even watching it on the telly, I looked up and I thought, it's very like you couldn't see the top of the stands on the telly because it, it was it was coming down that heavy. You could hear the rain coming through the speakers, it was that bad. So I think that first goal the keeper had clattered into the post and it's probably affected him a little bit more than he'd probably even thought and then by half time comes on he's like I can't continue they made the change but take nothing away from the ball coming in we know Jacob Murphy can do that he's done it before you know in, in seasons past it's a great ball in you know Isak obviously kind of get to it unfortunately defender and keeper just come together and like I say Gordon's just you know you couldn't ask for a nicer <laughs> a nicer present, really, from the defender and the keeper. Mm. And he slots it home into an empty net. It's 2 0. So, so we're going at 2 0 up at half time there, Joe. And, and I know we're, we're, we're talking about our goals and torn as if we've dominated that game. It wasn't as easy as that in the first half. Um, we, we knew we'd have a tough game against Wolves. And once again, Martin Dubravka, which a lot of people have criticized since he came into the team, he's kept us in that game throughout with a couple of top notch saves, at his, especially at his near post. Really good at getting to his near post. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in the preview, we were saying that whilst um, Cunha and Huang were both out and they are by far the two top goal scorers, they still pose a massive threat. Obviously, Ian mentioned it before, Neto making that huge run in that was almost almost a goal. Um, but obviously, you no, know, I think it was Fabian Cher who managed to was, get that yeah. gorgeous last-ditch tackling. Yeah. You had Sarabia uh, and Lamina who were making these driving runs through the midfield and they were dangerous. I think the first goal... I, I honestly thought it was kind of against the run of play. Uh, you know, we whilst they didn't threaten too much in terms of the actual goal goal mouth, they were pressing us in quite heavily. And you know, really the first goal, our first goal came from uh, just a really well worked counter attack because they pressed so many bodies forward. We we did defend really well, though. I think the 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 consensus over the last well, I mean, you could really argue the whole season because I think back to Brighton away, like the second game where we lost three nil, we were sat there going, "What the hell's going on with this defense? Where, where is the same back four, back mm. five that we saw last season?" And 
it just wasn't quite as cohesive. But I, I really enjoyed seeing how compact and just how disciplined we were. Fabian Scher had an absolute fantastic game. Unbelievable. Uh, Trippier, yeah, he made a couple of dodgy passes here and there, gave the ball away a couple of times, but I thought in general he was quite solid, really good. Dan Byrne again. I mean, he got burned a couple of times by Neto, but in general it was he was okay, pretty good. Um, so no, I thought I thought in general we were had a really solid game at the back and we contained what threat they did have quite well. I mean, I remember Totty in I think it was the first half where he did have a free header that really should have went in. Um, yeah, no, sorry, sis. Was it first off? Um, yeah, 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 first off. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they did have their threats. They definitely had their threats, and we were let off slightly. And as I said at the end of the game, there were a couple of the lads that we we were good form for getting a clean sheet there because really they should have had at least one. But, you know, testament to the lads, we ended up keeping the clean sheet, which, which is great. Um, but yeah, can't do, just, just to, to stay with you, just because you mentioned him, we can't look at the first 45 minutes and not talk about Dan Burns shot at goal as well, because <laughs> Dan Burns finds himself <laughs> in that, that space where I'll, you, I've you never... find the attacking midfielder running into that space. And Dan Burns, for some reason, over this season, he just loves that little yeah. pocket of space. He finds himself he in there for some reason, and it's a great opportunity where you he finds himself he had, in. Yeah, he's had so much criticism for not getting forward because of the system that we play, but That's yeah, why. he does. He does. I know, I know. He does. He does love himself a little mazy run now and again. Uh, and when he when he took that shot, I literally just laughed out loud. I was like, "Fair enough." Yeah, it's a like, it's only, snapshot. I think. I think. Did it was he set a bullock as well for another header? He did. It wasn't even he did. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, that was an absolute fantastic. I think I was talking again. Fantastic. Clearance off the line. It was a really good passage of play. Like yesterday, I thought. In parts, obviously not the whole game, but in parts we're more moving the ball a little bit better. Um, and yeah, I don't know right. whether that's down to, to Willick being back in there, but even he was is, literally, oh, yeah. literally the first couple of minutes he got on the ball and just was driving forward, which we've yeah. not seen. And obviously to go back to the Blackburn game where the criticism was we were so slow at moving the ball. Again, there were times where we were a bit tentative going forward, but there was parts of that game where I wouldn't say it was vintage of last season, but it was much, much quicker than what we've we've had in the last month or two. So that that was an improvement to see. And I think even, I mean, I've not criticised how, but I've questioned maybe one or two decisions he's made in terms of game management. Whereas I thought yesterday he, he did well in noticing that. I think it was maybe, maybe 65, 70 minutes they were on the up. But I think they had that chance where, I think it was Saravia got in behind Burn and Pope, not Pope, sorry, Dubravka pulled off that save that he's near post. I had that shot where mm. he palmed it out and, and Tino cleared it. So we were taking on water a little bit. How recognise that and then put the fresh legs on of um, Miggy, yeah. Barnes and my. Well, just, just, just to fire through it, Ian. Um, so, so the second half starts and Wolves make two changes where Neto goes off and Fraser comes on um, and obviously Saw, goalkeeper, comes off and replaced by Bentley. Not long after that, uh, Trippier um, is, oh. is feeling a little bit of discomfort. Um, so Trippier is replaced by Tino. And like you said, obviously, I think it's around about the 70th minute where you get your, your triple substitution it is. Um, so it's very similar to what we saw against Blackburn around about the similar sort of time where Murphy, Willick and Isaac go off um, and they are replaced by Barnes, Almiron and Miley. Um, like you said, Ian, just staying with you, you saw a little bit of a shift again at that point as well. We're back to Newcastle. 
Yeah, I just think simply fresh legs. Um, they, they had the energy to, to then drive you up the pitch where maybe the likes of Murphy was running a little bit on him. Yeah, I thought by all accounts he had a much better game today than, than he did against Blackburn. He put a, a good couple of balls through, obviously got kind of an assist, we'll call it, for the, the second goal. Um, Barnes, for me, I think it's too probably too early to, to say whether he's been a, a successful signing or not. Obviously, he had that massive, massive period of time out with injury. I think he's just trying to find his feet again. Hopefully, he'll come good. Um, and then Miley, again, even though he's 17, like he just looks so comfortable in a, like a Premier League midfield. Like, like, and I was like, awkwardly trying to get dates for Orange Wednesdays when I was 17, and he's like, played his tw- 20th Premier League game or something. So, credit to him. And then, obviously, like you say, the, there was a shift in shifting sort of the balance of play, and then it looked like Wolves still were going at it and sort of to the 90th minute and then we've just hit them on a on a counter in Tino's well, before run get is... to that point, before you even get to that point Ian just coming to you Scott there is a fantastic ball in by Bruno no look pass oh yes I've com- Bruno. completely forgot about completely that completely forgot about that oh. Ian and it's probably the pass of the game um, Bruno the takes a look to his right and just typical Bruno just dinks that into a perfect location and you've got to give Miggy credit because Miggy, Miggy makes the yeah. move there Miggy's movement is great because he, he drops Bruno. back and then drops back in the yeah. great run well it's it's the turn it's fantastic when he receives the ball he does a little t- a little spin and yeah, I mean, like you say, you, you see it, you see it in real time. You think, oh, that's a hell of a ball that. And Miggy does well to, to take it down, control it. And I've seen a lot of criticism, Miggy. Well, he should be finishing, but the keeper's that on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, keeper's done really well. The, the, the pace of that ball really good comes save. in. Yeah. I mean, Miggy's hit it with his right foot as well. Remember that, you know, Miggy doesn't have a right, right. foot apparently. He's took the, got the shot away. You know, it's decent, but you see it on the replay, and you actually realise Bruno's no look. Hit that pass, hit that through ball. I mean, it's absolutely just phenomenal. And like I said, like I put it in the group chat. I think I put this on Twitter as well. If a player like Kevin De Bruyne hits that pass, that's getting replayed over mm. and over and over again on the like the Sky Sports on social media. People are waxing lyrical about, it. and I know we are, and I know I've seen a few people on social media, Newcastle fans waxing lyrical. It, it it probably deserves a lot more credit than it's going to get because it is such a good thing. And I think if it does mm. end up in a goal, maybe it gets a bit more than what it probably yeah. deserves. Um, yeah. Sorry, not more than it deserves, more than it's going to get um, because it's just sublime. Um, but Bruno can do that. I thought Bruno had a, a very good game yesterday and I think we can credit a lot of that to Joe Willock because Joe Willock running back and forth up that pitch allows Bruno a bit more freedom where he doesn't have to be that player where mm. he's back defending and then he's up attacking and he's having to play the game a bit more. He can be a bit more free where he can just be that that quarterback where he can pick yes, the ball up in yeah. defence if he wants and spray the pass or he can be up in attack like we saw with the goal and he could bust a gut to get up there if he wants to because he knows if this ball gets turned over and they then counter-attack us, I'm not having to get back up the field to defend because... I've got someone like Joe Willock who can also get back up there, who's got the pace to get back up there and, and protect yeah. the back line if needs be. So it's so nice to see just Bruno have the trust in a, in a, a fellow midfielder. And I'm not saying he doesn't trust Miley and, and Longstaff. I just don't think Miley and Longstaff have the pace to do what Bruno wants in a partner to mm-hmm. do, whereas maybe he's got that in Joel Linton and he's got that in, in Willock where they can do that for him. So... You just see him thrive. And, and I know there's some comments on Talk Sport this week saying that 
he's not got the athletic ability to be a world-class player and you've got to put good players around him. You can't you can't disagree with what they said because we saw that today. Oh, sorry, we saw that yesterday where you put someone like Willock around him and he thrives on the, the people on the pitch. Now, I'm not saying what they said on TalkSport is true. I actually think Bruno will be a world-class player and is a world-class player. Um, but you do have to put players around him for him to to, to thrive. And the scary that. thing he's is... He's not the sort of player to get the yeah. game by the scruff of the neck, like a De Bruyne yeah. when he saw him come yeah. against us yeah. and just change the game. He's not that sort of player, but he will, with the right players around him, be the game changer. And that's what he was yeah. yesterday. He was the game changer for us. Scary thing is, is that we've not even seen the best of him. Yeah, as it kind of alluded to what you just said. Once you get these, I mean, I'm really hoping that we do keep him after, after the summer, and that oh, you know Real Madrid or something doesn't come in for him. I really do hope so because I feel like if you get, I mean, look at ten, like a Tenali coming back in with those legs in midfield, Joe, like a Joe Willock or a Joe Linton, as you've just said, who has those legs. But what I found really interesting as well is how um, how much deeper Isak was coming back into the fold where Bruno was able to ping those balls up to him, Isak kind of held it off. And then, like you say, a Joe Willock comes in or yeah. an Anthony Gordon comes in. And it's that sort of dynamicism that we just kind of lacked um, between the midfield and, and the attack that was just so nice to see yesterday. It was, yeah, it just felt like we were just pinging you know, so many different passes and plays uh-huh. that we just didn't have the opportunity to do before. You also look at a player like Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne benefits from a Joe Willock being on the field on that left-hand side because Dan Byrne yeah. doesn't have to think, I've got to get back and and, and help defend because Joe Willock can cover him a little bit. Now, a lot or of people goal. would argue, well, he's, he's a left-wing back. He doesn't have to, he shouldn't have to rely on a midfielder. And yeah, you're probably right, but we all know Dan Byrne hasn't got the pace to get back. That's where Joe Willock can come in because Joe Willock can run up and down that field when he's fully fit all day long and do that. And we know he can. Obviously, he can't last a full 90 minutes at the minute because he's just coming back from an injury. But once he's fully fit and once he's how fit, as we like to call it, it's going to be great. It's going to get back to what we saw last season where we're going to have that legs and someone like Dan Byrne is going to avoid the criticism he's been getting because players aren't going to be able to exploit that or teams aren't going to be able to exploit that right-hand side because the gaps aren't going to be there because you're not going to have that that gap anymore. Um and then moving a little bit more with Willock, Willock and Gordon linking up. I think, Joe, you were about to talk about this. Mm-hmm. They've been linking up great. They were doing it against Blackburn. They're doing it again yesterday. It It's just proved how much we've missed one player for the entire season. I just wish we had him in the Champions League because I think Joe Willock in the Champions League would have been a bit of a game changer for us in some of those games. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Um, just just to take it back to a little bit about Bruno, I thought Bruno was phenomenal yesterday, like unbelievable. And and you know what is like like you mentioned, obviously with with Willick being back in the team, yeah, that's going to help. Just it's just once again you look back over the last last X amount of months, you think just how only we've been with these injuries, and and yes, we're we're back in the the, the top ten now at the moment. Um, and this game was such a huge huge game, um, to to stay in in, in that mix as well. Um, just how far further we'll be in this league table if we did have a fully fit squad, because I, I think we'd still. I think we'll be in and around the mix in, in, in those higher European places. I'm not saying we'll have a repeat the performance of what we did last season, um, but I, I think we'll, we'll be in and around it. Um, I'm going to come to you, Joe, just to, to, to wrap it up on the last goal. Um, I've seen <laughs> a lot of people and, and, and non-Newcastle United fans saying, and a lot of commentators too as well, to be fair, 
saying that Tino didn't know much about his goal um, and eh? the finish of his no, goal. No, not a Mate, chance. It's out there. It's out there. Not a chance. Uh, right. On the live commentary, um, the, the, I can't remember who the commentator was, but they actually said it was on Optus Sport or whatever it is, um, said that Tino's run is great, but he doesn't know much about the finish. I no, completely no. disagree with that because nah, 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 I don't know nah. how he manages to do it, but he manages to, nah, nah. to extend his leg and get it further back behind the ball. He does, even though it's out of his stride, he manages yeah. to do it, and it's a great finish from from the the challenge which has come in. But my God, we know Tino can run with the ball. How good was that run yesterday, Joe? Oh yeah, I mean it reminds me of the the Man United away game in the uh, mm. League Cup where he makes a beautiful, amazing run. Um, yeah, he's got the legs, he's got the legs, he's got the pace, and he's got. The technical ability for a fullback, like it's incredible, and I, I just think it's—I mean, the fact that they say he doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, he's he's going off balance because of the defender coming in, but like you say, he he's able to get his leg back and hook it forward. I wasn't sure whether it took. Well, when I first saw it, I wasn't sure whether it took a last touch off the defender, you know, in a ricochet. But you look at it again. No, he gets his foot back and oh, just you know manages that. to caress it past. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay, it's a scruffy finish. It's not going to win goal of the season, but. The or just the audacity and the sheer confidence to go. I'm going to take on half the team and just make this run, mm. and and how, yeah, like I say, have that skill in the box as well to drift past the defender, get inside, cut that little bit of space in, and it just goes to show that if you get into those spaces, you create those opportunities. Doesn't matter whether it's a world class finish or not. You're in that space, and there's always a chance. And obviously, that count. completely wrapped the game up. They all count, and that completely wrapped the game count. up. I mean, I think the game was in the dying embers anyway. It was, it was probably going to peter out, but that just completely solidified it. And it was ninety seconds, yeah, or something like that. Mm, that goal yeah. was good. It was, it was, but it was just, it was, it was nice. It was nice, and I think depending on how, uh, on the extent of this trip year injury, I mean, it's not a bad backup, is it? It really isn't. Um, mm. it, it might see us change a little bit. Tactics wise, in terms of you know whether we still go to that back three or not, but I still, but I think Tino's shown that he can drive up the pitch and and create those chances, and you know he's got that great recovery ability as well. But no, it was a fantastic goal, regardless of the scruffy finish. He he did finish it really well despite the pressure, and yeah, I mean the fact that we've got him in as as a cover for Trippier is just insane. So no, it was a great way to wrap it up, and it was just yeah, it was it was nice to see the legs are still there in the team. 100%. I think it shows that Tino's performance yesterday proves that he's a right back. And I think a lot yeah. of people are forgetting mm. yes. there's a lot yeah. of talk of Tino plays left back to play Stan Byrne. He's a right back, and yes, this performance proves that you play him in his right position. And that's the type of performance you're going to get from Tino. We've seen that when he's played in right back. He's great there. He's not just good, he's great there. And that's where we need to play him. We cannot be forced him into the wrong positions week after week because you've got to put him in the places where he needs to play. And that's a, that's a right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I just want to focus a little bit on the Premier League table now because that's Newcastle United in eighth position. Uh, like I said, it was was such a, a huge win, really. I, I know, obviously, we've still got plenty of the season left to play, though. Um, but but Wolves, like we said, we're breathing down our necks a little bit there. Um, so Newcastle in eighth now. Um, our next run of fixtures coming up. If we're just looking at Premier League fixtures, we'll know we'll have Man City coming up in, in the, the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Uh, but we have Chelsea on Monday the eleventh. Uh, followed by Crystal Palace, West Ham, and Everton. Those are our next four games in the Premier League. You're looking at that, also looking at, at the league table, okay? And those are teams, really, where you're thinking, right, let, let's go for it now. Let, let's climb that table, because 
a win against Chelsea. Chelsea are sat in, in 11th there. That opens that gap. And West Ham right now are only two points above us in the league as well. Man, uh, Man United are only four uh, with a game in hand, albeit, uh, which they play later on today. So, so we don't know what, what the score is going to be there. We can go on a bit of a run now, hopefully. I know we said this around about Christmas time as well, but hopefully with the fixers lying ahead of us, this is our chance to go on that little bit of a run and climb up into those European spots. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think I think the, the disappointment of, although we've only lost one game in the last, I think it's six, maybe seven, um, it's those draws at home that have that have been the most disappointing. Uh, those are... For all it's worth, I, I guess anything can happen in football, but those are the games that you expect to be getting three points. Um, whereas now, obviously, you've got a real chance of putting a little bit of daylight between you and in that group of um, group of teams that you mentioned. I thought yesterday going into the the game, I was really really nervous about it because I think Wolves were maybe a point ahead of it. So if they win that, then then two wins, obviously four points, but two wins to get above them. With, like I say, not not necessarily easy games. Um, it's games that we, we definitely can get results in. Um, I think at one point as well, I think we're seventh because West Ham we're getting beat, Brighton we're getting beat. So yeah, and I know that we we've still got those to play. So those are the games now that I would be targeting to to try and take a maximum maximum of, um, maximum points out of simply because you say it opens opens that gap. And I think we're talking this morning. We've only got. Um, I think Chelsea dropped to 11th yesterday. So I think there's only Spurs, Man U, Brighton, West Ham in the top half that we've got to play. Um, obviously, I know football's not played on paper. That can change by the time we play these teams. But like you say, it's a, it's a real good chance to try. And yesterday was getting a bit more confidence back. Like For me, it probably wasn't a 3-0 scoreline that game, the way it went. Mm-hmm. But it, it's given the players hopefully confidence to think, right, we're still a good team. We can still score a lot of goals. We've kept a clean sheet against at, at that time a rival in the league. Let's let's kick on from here. And obviously that is aided with the likes of Willock coming back, Isaac coming back and getting more minutes in. So um it's just shite that we've got Man City in the cup in the middle of that to to potentially derail any any momentum. But like I say it there's there's still areas we could have improved from yesterday, but it's much, much better than what, what we've seen the last month or so. Um, so yeah, onwards and upwards. I've been saying for ages that mm. like once the fixture congestion clears up and we'll get some of these injuries back, we're gonna have a strong end of the end of the season. And I think some people were maybe a little bit skeptical, but Eddie Howe's philosophy philosophy of play is that intensity, that stamina, the the drive, you know, that constant press for, for 90 minutes. You don't get that playing two, three times a like a week, but now that we're seeing that you know, t- you know that that sort of ease up a little bit in terms of the the fixtures, um, and we're getting these options back off the bench. We're seeing the Eddie Howe team of old, and yeah, like you say, we don't have that many on paper difficult fixtures left relative, you know, uh, relative in the Premier League. So I think we have every opportunity to get a top seven finish. I think sixth might be a little bit out the way. I think we're, we're like four points behind Man U, but they've got a game to play as it stands. Um, but they they are a team that can go on on a good run of form. But you know, so are we. But no, it's definitely in our hands. It's definitely in our hands. And I think when you look at how much adversity we've had this season with injuries, with fixtures, with cup draws, you know. We're getting by. Being, being, being eighth now and 
being in this in still very much one of the forerunners in, in the race for a European spot. I mean, God, you've got to tip your hat to the lads and say, Yeah, you've done fantastic given everything. Well, I just want to make a slight correction as well. I said Palace was coming up, but that game has been postponed, hasn't it? Because of the, the quarterfinals. Yes. Yeah, that has been postponed because yeah. quarterfinals. Um, Scott, just to wrap it up, though, it, it's now over a week the lads get a bit of a rest uh, before the next game against Chelsea. It's came out the right time, hasn't it? In fact, it's no, has one. it? I'm down myself. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not. I mean, we'll play on the Monday. It's not really a. I don't know if it's a. It's not like it's an international break or anything like that. Is it? We play on the it's just, on the Monday. Just, there is an international break coming though. So after Chelsea, yeah, there's a week and a bit. Yeah. That's yeah. where I think if we can beat Chelsea, which who knows, it depends on what Chelsea turns up. Really, um, that's where I would worry that if we can, if we were starting a run and then we have the break, mm. that's where who knows what happens. But that that's also a good option for players coming back. I think there's. Rumors of like Pope potentially coming back and, and all that sort of stuff. So who knows? Like I'm not worried about a game being on the Monday when it's on the same weekend. Like that that for me is, if anything, it's great because you get an extra day's training, an extra day's mm. preparation. So that I'm not I'm not too fussed around that. It's it's more after the Chelsea game, you've got the weekend national break, and then you come back and who knows what happens. It depends what how does with the players and you know how many, how much time off he gives them um, and what. Really, the, the 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 bigger worry is Trippier. What mm. type of injury has, has he got, and 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 how bad is it? Because I know he put on his in his socials. Hopefully, it's not too bad. So I don't think he knows. The fact he walked off the pitch didn't seem to be too bad, but you can never tell. Like who knows never what it is. Tell, That's more of the bigger worry than anything really. Such an influential player for us. He's as an well, influential so. player. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Yeah. But he like I said before, we've got Tino. Maybe it's not as bad as. It could be, um, mm. if you know we've got players in that position who can fill in. We've also got Emil Kraft. Everyone just disregards him. The best Swedish player in the Premier League ever. Oh, we've got Isaac! 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 How dare you, Emil Kraft? Just got a while to catch up. And for this, this is how good he is. There was when I got me top the other day. There was no Kraft um, preset names to print on the back. That's how popular Emil Kraft is. I wonder how many they've actually had made. Did you struggle with Richie as well? Uh, no, he, he, he had bought loads in. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, thanks, boys. It's been a pleasure. It, it is another win for Newcastle United. Uh, and let's hope that that's a bit of a, a springboard to, to push on for the rest of the season now. Players coming back for injury. Yes, we'll know about Trippier, but hopefully players coming back for injury. Return to full fitness as well. We saw it with Willick. Uh, at the weekend so fingers crossed that continues and that run of players returning continues as well and um, if you have liked this video just like the video it's all asked for become a subscriber it costs you absolutely nothing to do that if you are listening to the audio just give us a five-star review give us a little comment on there as well if you want to give an extra bit back it is just 2.99 a month to become a member on youtube you get early access to videos you get extra videos you get access to the telegram group as well which is full of around about 200 newcastle united fans at the moment talking a bit about everything let's be honest mainly newcastle united <laughs> but a, a bit of everything uh, so join the the, the the channel jump in there as well it's always great fun in there um that's just done um i will see you all on monday night for the always final face podcast i think we do have a full house again this week so i don't think there'll be any fireworks this week either so i think we'll be all right um thanks see you next time Ta-ra. bye everyone
Podcast Network.